Today on the AF Podcast, in the spirit of Flashback Friday, I'm joined by DJ Chris Nice and DJ Keo as we discuss the 25th anniversary of the legendary Fuji's album, The Score. Man, how, how the hell was that 25 years ago? Man, just thinking about that, just making my, my knees like ache. The hell? The hell? So we break down the legendariness of this album. We discuss if Lauren Hill was actually the greatest talent to come out in the last 30 years. We discuss the Fuji's downfall and if groups are designed to last. Our top three songs from this album, the impact that it had on the Caribbean community, especially and especially the Haitian community. And we get into way more than this. Look, we dive deep because it's the Fuji's and and I think the Fuji's might be the greatest unsolved mystery in the music business since the mid 90s. From the creation and overall style of this classic, all the success that came afterwards, and how they never worked out their issues to capitalize on the success, even even after all these years later. As music lovers, we, we had to dive into this, man. We just we just had to. Anyhow, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to South Sharav. It's similar to what Mufasa said to Simba. Wherever the sun touches, South Sharav is there. So, something like that, he said. I don't know. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Apple Podcasts, TuneIn and Alexa, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, just some of the places you can go to listen to South Sharaf Radio. Listen, rate, review, and subscribe. Hit the like button. Click on every single one of those five stars. And just to continue with the spirit of Flashback Friday, check out my catalog on SouthSharaf.com for all my past episodes. Once again, that's SouthSharaf.com. Calm. Now, before we start on family day or for everybody that doesn't live in Ontario, uh, Monday, February 15th, I'll be premiering a new episode of The Stoop, which will be out on the South Sharav YouTube channel. And I'm joined by the creators of the long and short of style fashion bloggers, Gail and Leslie Thompson. And that was a fun conversation. Make sure you check that out on my channel. South Sharav It's the half podcast of Cal C on South Sharav Radio. I know it got played out, but we really haven't heard this in a long time. And listen, like if you get annoyed by what I'm about to say next, I'll give you your money back. <clears throat> One time, two times. Welcome to the Av Podcast with Kelsey on South Sharav Radio. Welcome to the Av Podcast. Uh, my guest today is, is a past guest. Um, he's been on, the, I think the last podcast he was on, we were talking about the aftermath of the election. His, his craft is mainly a, as a DJ and a producer. Uh, please welcome back DJ Keo to the show. How you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. No Appreciate it. No problem. No problem. <laughs> and uh, my next guest, uh, he has his own show called the uh, Gruiser Rhythms Mix Show. Every Friday from 4 to 6 on My Line Radio. Please check him out and go to chrisnice.com as well. Please welcome back DJ Chris Nice to the show. How are you doing today, sir? Yes, out of the utility room. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Back okay. again. <laughs> no, no problem, no problem. We're going to put you back in the, with the mop in the bucket just now. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't you worry. Don't you worry. <laughs> Oh, it's coming. Freedom. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Um, I mean, look, we, we, we're here to talk about the 25th anniversary of, of the score, which is probably one of the 
greatest albums to ever come out in music. Uh, so there's so many directions I want to go with this. Um, I almost want to just start on what's your favorite tracks first. But before I even ask that, let's start off with just like, when you think of this album, what do you think of? Like, what, what is the first thoughts that come to mind when you think of the score? Yeah, just because just there's so much topics I want to kind of dive into with this one. I'll start off with you, Kale. Like, what, when you think of the score, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I think the score is a, it's a combination of all these cultures and music. And, like, I think that they put it together in such a magical way. Every time I, I think about the score, like, I'm always like, yo, they have reggae in here. They had, you know, Spanish music. They had uh, it, it music from Haiti. They're representing all these kind of cultures, and they fit it into a hip-hop group. And I, I respect them the most for that. There's so much stuff they're able to put in here and, and put a, con a concise album. When's the last time you've heard an album out in the last couple of years where from beginning to end... It was banger after banger, and you know, like there's no there's no points where I got flip outside pros lyrics. I'll, I'll skip some of those, right. but <laughs> but like you know, there's nothing that I wanted to skip over, like for song wise. I'm like everything is just fire, just straight fire, and that's the thing for me. Like it's one of those things where they mix the cultures and is it, the is the energy and emotion that you listen to. It reminds me of like you get a feeling when you hear like a thriller or one of these albums. Like there's these emotion when you listen to it. Yeah. And that's that's how I feel about it. What about you, Chris? Huh, for me it's a bittersweet actually. When I think of this album, it always makes me feel like potential not met. It's like this group I felt like they left so much on the on the table. Like the sky was the limit for this for this group. Oh, we're, and, and we're going to get into that, but go on. Yeah, that. so for me, it's always a bittersweet. Every time, like, even, even like a couple of days ago when I looked at the album again, it's like you just get this weird feeling and you're like, man, it, it'll always be one of those what could have been. You know what I mean? Mm. Just more so for the group. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. more so for the group. I mean, you know, Lauren had her 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 um, her time, you know, even, even um, Wycliffe, you know, he had he had like his success also, but I still feel like even they didn't go to the moon as they could have. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's always like that whole that whole group. Well, I mean, Wycliffe and Lauren, I should say, they've always they've always had that place with me. I always felt like it's like they just had so much further they could have gone, especially Lauren, and it always sits with you like, damn, what a shame. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like the album at the it came out at a perfect time at at that period because you know you're going back to like the winter of '96, so that was like around the time of like just kind of pretty much in the middle of that whole East Coast West Coast battle, that whole nonsense. You know, it's often talked about, but really when you look back on it, it was foolishness because I mean yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I love West Coast music as much as I love East Coast music. Like yeah. and, and the fact that you're, they're making you kind of choose, you know, because of the two record labels going back and forth. Looking back on it now, it's like you understand the stories. You know, a lot of it, you know, is, is deeper than just the music. But it was kind of nonsense too, because I mean, I didn't, I didn't love Snoop Dogg any less because I, I love Nas. You know what I mean? Like it didn't, mm -hmm. it didn't make any sense. But I mean, that album came at the perfect time, and and I say that because this is representative of the time that we're living in. The same day this album came out, All Eyes on Me came out. <laughs> right, the, the Tupac's last album came out the same day as this album too, 
And that one yeah, kind of exploded, right? And it exploded right out of the gate. And, and it probably took us some initial shine away from this album, to be honest with you. But I think shortly after you started realizing, like, the songs that were coming off this album were just, they were monsters. And yeah. for me, I was confused because I heard their first album, Blunted on Reality. I'm sorry to say, yeah. that, that album wasn't good. It was not good. <laughs> it, it that remix, that remix saved them, it, man. Yeah, because because I'm like, how could this be the same group? Like it, it just yeah. like yeah, and and that's the thing. Just to touch on what you're saying, like I knew there was some potential for them to be good because of that Nappy Head remix. That Nappy Head remix was lovely, right? Yeah, but yeah, and but I mean, just from going to like blunted on reality to be at like the top of the mountain. Where like you're surpassing somebody, even like the great superstars that were coming out along those lines during that period in time, it mm-hmm. honestly it made no sense to me, man. It doesn't it <laughs> it, just, it it makes no sense to me. I, I don't understand it. Like I don't I don't understand how you how you leveled up. Like is there is there is there a musical uh, equivalent to to like steroids? Is it cocaine? Because yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. Timing sometimes, man. Yeah. Timing. Timing, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. But I, I think the other thing that I got, and I got to mention this because this this album kind of came around, came out around the same time that I just moved to Toronto for Montreal. So it, it always resonates with me, just because for me, like it, it kind of coincides with like me moving to Toronto, and that's it was the, that was one of the albums I was always playing to, like you know when because a lot of times you're going to school, you're by yourself a lot, you didn't know anybody, so you're listening to all this music. And going back home and seeing how immensely proud Montreal was, and especially the Haitian community was yeah. with this album, like yo, that I, I'll never forget that man. It was I thought it was really cool because they went from being like a like a super underground group to like the Haitian Avengers and like the snap of a finger. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. It's true. Yo, it made no sense, man. Like you know, and, and then and then we, you know, as West Indies and Caribbeans, like we we yeah. we immediately followed afterwards. But yeah, you know, the touch of what you're saying, yeah. Kyo, it sounded like everything that 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 you wanted to hear, especially coming from you know the the West Indian perspective. It, it yeah, had the cultures, yeah, the cultures, together. the Caribbean, dark skin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the streets, like yeah. man, you know, it's that's what I think of any time. Every time I um. I think of the score when I look at that. It's just it just brings me back to that that specific time of my life when I was like, you know, just trying to figure it out, coming to a new city, you know, not knowing too many people and just banging this album, calling your friends and everybody's talking about the score and you're like the score? And I I'm looking at the 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 album cover like the boom the boom bath guys, the blood on reality, the vocab, really? You sure we're talking about the same people? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, There's something magical about what they did with this album because it it didn't follow any of the the rules for music at the time. Not at all. They you know is a group is a rap group with a singer who can stomp people singing, but she can also <laughs> stomp you rapping. And White Class was he's an amazing guitar player and producer yeah. and all this stuff like that. And these guys had all of these things together. That shouldn't go together for like, because you know, singing in the nineties. If know. you had an album, a rap album, and you had singing on it, you were a sellout. You were mm-hmm. corny, <laughs> and they true. did it like, "Yo, we're gonna sing." Like, like Lauren said, "I put an MF on there just so the ignorant people understand me." I'm like, "Yo, how yeah. are you gonna compete with that?" <laughs> like, r- really and truly, looking back, it 
to touch on your point, it really shouldn't have. It really shouldn't have happened. Like it shouldn't have been successful. No, it really shouldn't no. have. You know what I mean? Like it's just. It was magical, but like as, again, that, that was just a weird time because I just I don't like I said again I don't understand how the same people that made Blood on Reality made <laughs> that immediately afterwards. Like there was no like warm up, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, basically they went after that album came out. They went into the studio and made this album. Yeah, it's back to back. Yeah, it's there cool. there was no like middle album. At least there was like another album where you could say like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you could see that coming because this was nice. I guess you but, know what it's kind of like. It's kind of like now that I think of it, it's like Mob Deep when they came up with Raising Hell because Raising Hell was just yeah, like, yeah. And then all that of a sudden trash. they came up with the infamous, <laughs> and you're like, what? What's happening here? What? Who? What? You know? It's, I guess it's kind of the same thing. So, yeah, yeah. But, I, I would say that's similar. That's the best analogy of it I can think of. But also, also, it shows you something that that's lacking even into like today's world and and today's um today's um music industry it's basically um patience man because this shows you what happens when you when you're allowed to just grow but but too much too much times like we're not we we don't give things the time anymore you're supposed to just come out the box on fire and if you don't it's like next but i think this was a great example of of just if you allow people to just grow what could happen Mm -hmm. you know and I guess that's why, and, and I also felt like they had so much more to do, because yeah. you watched the growth and you were like, "Yo, here they come!" And it was like, "Wait, what? Somebody turned off the lights." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you had a party, and just as the party started to build, somebody pulled the plug. Yeah, like think, think about this: this album just won the rap Grammy. That's it. Yeah, how's that possible? It, this thing with Diamond it actually sold twenty million worldwide. <laughs> And they only just won a rap Grammy. Like, wow. music is just trash. <laughs> the yeah. people, wow. actually, the people who grade music are oh, they're trash. terrible. They're terrible. They've, they've <laughs> been terrible. But before we move on to the next topic, I, I really want to stress how much of, um, of a superhero they were to the Haitian community. Um, yeah. Because yeah. It's, it's funny, man. I, 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 there was a conversation I had with... Um, with a friend of mine, and he knows who he is because he listens to the podcast, and, and I know he'll he'll hook me up after laughing about this. But we're having this conversation because um, this was around the time when Jay Z had just come out with the whole Rock Nation thing, and he was and he was uh, repping athletes and stuff, right? Uh-huh. I remember, I still remember to this day. He was like, "Well, who cares? Like, if Jay Z calls and I and I'm a, a top player, and Jay Z calls to come play for the Nets or come rep him, like, who cares? Like." Yeah, I love this album. So what does that have to do with anything else? And I'm like, listen, please, because I knew he was Haitian. I'm like, I said, if Wyclef called you right now, and uh, you're an athlete, and, and Wyclef called you right now and had Guantanamo Matter playing in the background, I said, you would be reduced to tears. I said, forget anything. You, said, you, you, would, be, you would be like reduced to tears. You would be like a, a babbling, bawling bastard. And he just started laughing. He's like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, yo, like they were, they were like, they were superheroes, man. Like, yeah, they, they were superheroes. They really were. I, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm like, I we were influenced by that. I can't imagine if you're Haitian. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like anything they did at that time, and that's the touch on your point, of which we'll get into later. There was so much they they could have done that was left on the table, which I, I can't even wait to get to that topic. But um, oh, <laughs> but with that said, what what are your I guess I'll start with you, Chris. What are your top three tracks on this album, not including Killing Me Softly? Oh, man. 
Okay, I'll start from, I'll, I'll go from the bottom up. Um, when I just got this album, uh, the track that, that, this is one of the tracks that got me, just because of the, the flow. The flow is just, man, I got two copies of, of that of that 12-inch, and I said, I said, cut it up. I still love the flow of it. And that was uh, How Many Mics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How Many Mics to me was just, it was just sick. It was just that slow flow, and I, I, I loved it. So for me, I'd go with how many mics? Of course, I'd have to go with uh, ready or not. Yeah, I come. I mean, Lauren Hill on that track. <sighs> Anyways, I get sad just talking about it. <laughs> and 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 actually, the song yeah. the song that I, I could say that really pulled me, like like on this album, like besides "Killing Me Softly," "Killing Me Softly" is like a no brainer. But the yeah. track that really got my attention, and I can't lie, I'm not saying this to brag. But when I started playing it in Toronto, a lot of people weren't touching it. And that's Fujila. Mm. A lot of people weren't touching it. I heard the, the, the beat and the instrumental, and I was gone. That was one of my favorite songs on that album, hands down. But a lot of folks weren't touching it. So I used to love to, to, to bring that in, just write in the instrumental, and then bring in the, just bring in the beginning. And just, and just watch everybody just go off. But that that song that song to me took a little while to 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 bubble up, but I that's the one that caught my attention like right away. There was something about that song I was like, yo, this shit is sick, and I was a goner after that. Well, and Lauren Hill's lips, but you know we'll talk about that. <laughs> Everybody's in love with those lips, man. Oh, Everybody. oh my goodness, <laughs> my goodness, man. And and, wow. you know, and you know what to touch on? Well, I'll, I'll touch on the song, not not Lauren Hill's lips. Although a lot of us wanted to, but um, <laughs> but but that that hook for that for Fujila was everything though, because that and the production to me was fire, man. It was it was unlike anything I we we heard at the time because it's it mm-hmm. sounded clean, but you know also the sample that they flipped it just it made it seem dirty, but it worked. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. And beautiful, beautiful track. Yeah, it was it was amazing because even listening to like I was just I was playing it while I was like just prepping um, for this, and I was I played that song about three times, and I'm like, even now I'm listening to it. I'm like, the beat doesn't make any sense. It's a oh. great, it's a it's an incredible fire beat, but it's it's unlike anything you've heard like before or since. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make like it, 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 almost, it almost like it belongs on like a TV show or something, but it yeah, like they what they put together musically, their headspace, they were completely left field. The album mm-hmm. doesn't sound like any other album in from 1996. No, period. <laughs> it doesn't actually, it's it really not even close, it really but it doesn't. still had the elements of it. It's still boom bap and it still had that kind of hip hop feel, but mm-hmm. it didn't sound like anything from like. The tempos, all that stuff, it, everything was different. It didn't feel the same, but it still, it was familiar, but different. And, you know, like, I, I, I give them credit for that. Because people were sampling the same kind of music, and everyone's doing the same kind of stuff, and these guys went left field, and it worked. I love that. I, I love that more than anything else, is the fact that they did not do what everyone else was doing. And they could have, because, yeah. you know, Sony and uh, Columbia was... They're like they needed something. They didn't really have a lot of artists on that that yeah. label at the time. They needed something, and these guys provided it, but it's not what they expected. Because they were with Roughhouse, right? At, at the time, yeah, it was yeah. Roughhouse yeah. Columbia. Yeah, 
and to touch on your point too, because again, you go back to blunt on reality, blunted on reality. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, in all aspects, that was a commercial. Like in terms of sales, it was a failure, right? Yeah, yeah. So to be so to be able to give them that second chance, you know what I mean? Like you know, they got a good advance to kind of do the album and stuff. And I heard the room, well, not the rumor, but the story is they took that advance and and uh, Wyclef built the studio in his uncle's house instead of like putting it mm-hmm. towards you know, like paying for studio one time, uh, studio time and stuff. They took that money and just invested in house. You know what I mean? They just took their time okay. on the album, right? With that, yeah, yeah. But which is which is which is great, and I think and I think more and more people are doing that now. What wants to get that advance anyway? But it's just again, it like they could have easily been influenced by, you know, anything the West Coast was doing, anything Bad Boy was doing, just to sound like them, mm-hmm. so they can try to make some money because of yeah, the, yeah. The, of the lack of success from the first time. So I think it's genius that like they came from left field. You know, but what it's I mean? the freedom that the label gave them to do this because, yeah. you know, most of these labels, they're all sheep and they're like, well, bad boys working and these guys are, or you could do what tribes doing, just follow somebody. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Nope, we're going to have singing. Yep. We're going to have rapping. We're going to do, we're going to speak French and screw it. We're gonna do whatever we want. And it worked. Yeah. It's it's true, and especially too. You look at like especially Bad Boy, like like they could have been mm-hmm. like, okay, put on the shiny suits, guys, put on the Versace, yeah. let's go. Yeah. You know, get on here. We need to see you in a skin in a, in a skin tight <laughs> dress. Do it. Yeah, well, that was, it was literally the anti Bad Boy. Uh, that's how I look at it. It was, the, it was the anti whatever's popular. They just they went their own course. Yeah. So uh, okay, well, Keo, what's your um, what's your what's your three favorite songs on this album, not including? Uh, okay, so, well, I, I'm and... gonna take away because because pick, he picked good songs here, so I'm, I'm gonna take away from that. I'm I'm gonna pick the score, family business, okay. and, oh, and, and uh, I would say the mask. Um, first of all, the score that that beat is crazy from Diamond D. Yeah. They got another producer completely out of the group who's, who makes boom bap type music. And just meshed into something with a crazy sample, and that worked. They lyrically, they killed the score. Yeah, they did. Everybody killed it. And I think Family Business, everybody on it, they all like. Proz had a dope verse on this song. <laughs> this song did, is he fire. did he start it off? Yeah, he put, yeah, that's Proz true. had a fire that's verse true. on right. this song. That's true. You're right. Like you gotta put that in. You, listen, you gotta put that into context right now, right? They bought all the shit, man. Yeah, like listen. And the thing is, though, I don't, I don't dislike Prize. Like I liked him on Superstar and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like you could clearly tell that Wyclef and Lauren were like on floor ninety nine of a building, and he was at floor thirty. You can't like, yeah. <laughs> It was just, it was a vast difference between the three of them. I would say it's what yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> it was vast, but like the thing with the prize was producing and he was doing the business stuff, and so he earned his spot in the group. So I don't want to take it away from him on uh, that. Well, Keo, well, can I jump in real quick? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you experienced this, but back in the days, what I used to experience is when you're at a club and you bring in like a Fuji track. Mm-hmm. If somebody came talking to you and you're trying to mix, and the prize part came and you're not, ah, damn it, <laughs> it's too far. <laughs> I went too long. <laughs> you got two. You got a couple minutes. You, got, you went too long. 
Uh, <laughs> it's true though. It's true. Uh, you know, the the last song I was the mask. I I like the concept of it overall. Mm -hmm. I, you know how they're saying the fake people and industry. You could play that today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That could it's be for the pandemic. I I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about it like that. It's a double entendre, but like yeah, like it. it I, I like the, the, the beat of it and the flow and what they were saying, like the message of it. Yeah. And it's the thing, they were, when you really listen to the Fuji's album, they were saying all kind of crazy foolishness that would apply to everything that's out right now, yeah. along with fire lyrics, straight underground lyrics, spin bars, uh, and the same, on the same flow. And so like, I give them credit for that. Like they're, they're all over the place, but they, they put it together somehow. And so that that's my list of my my top three songs. Um, trying to mix it up a little bit. No, that, that that's, that's okay. Good, good I think list. Chris Chris actually hacked my uh, my computer screen and took the three <laughs> songs that I had. So I'm, I'm gonna have to freestyle this a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna remove how many mics off because I mean, that's, yeah. There's there's no real reason to explain. It's just. Like my only explanation, really, I didn't really have one other than the fact that it's Lauren Hill. That's it. That's the mm -hmm. point. There's no other explanation needed. That's it. Like mm -hmm. just, just Lauren Hill. That's it. That that's 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 all I need to know about the song. The song's amazing. Everything that Chris mm -hmm. said is 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 right. But just the other the other point is it's it was because it was Lauren Hill. That that's it. That that's all, that's all <laughs> I need to know about that song. Um, so I'm gonna replace that one with uh, Cowboys because I always love Cowboys. Yeah. I love that. Uh, yeah, I, I remember you. I remember you always liked that. Oh one, man, I, that song was fire, man. I always remember you. Every actually, every time I hear that song, I think about you. <laughs> man, no word of a lie. I always remember he he always liked that track, man. Oh man, that fire, song was man. fire. That song was fire. <laughs> I mean, he had everybody, man. He had Rod Digger. Rod Digger was yeah. in there, and she was she was dope. John Forte was, you know. That's another yep. one too that that got lost in the crack and through the cracks because of the um <laughs> you know he went to jail and I, that whole yeah. story is insane but like he was wasted like he was on his way man. wasted yeah. potential he was on his way he was yeah. on his way too like that song that song is fire the production sick like mm -hmm. you can say so much about that record but I just I just love the fact that they had that like and then the video was dope too cause I remember being in New York at the time when the video was out and. At this point, the Fuji's was just, they were just on fire for everything. Yeah. You know, but that, that song to me was always, always fired. I almost added it to my list, but I, I am adding it now, I guess. <laughs> um, and, then, and then the other two, yeah, was, was Fuji La and, and Ready or Not. Um, yeah. Ready, Ready or Not always sounded like a movie to me. Um, yeah. You listen to it now, it, it has that, like, that big time production feel like it should it felt like it should be made like at like warner brothers like a major studio not mm -hmm. not clef's basement or his uncle's basement <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah like for them to come up with that i i think yeah it's just and then the video kind of matched it too right when they're in the submarines and doing all these things and like that that was lovely but it's funny man i i, I feel you know you guys are touching on this before but i, I feel sorry for Praz, man because you you knew he was important. Like you knew he, he was, was a, very like, important. He was very important to the group. Obviously, he wouldn't be there if he wasn't important. So you knew there was an importance to him. But yeah, you you were yeah. you were almost ready to fast forward his verses. <laughs> <laughs> Is that but why like, he he always came in last in the songs normally? 
Yeah. There is no Fuji's without prize. There is they wouldn't exist without this. You're guy. right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Business wise, they would be all broke without him. Like there's so much. You're, this guy you're, is you're impossible. He was the Tito. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Tito but Tito was bad too. That's the, the whole the, at, yeah. least, at least Tito was bad. Like it's funny yeah, we, but, we we rip on Tito, but like yo, Tito was a Tito was ill. You know, but we but rip on him all the though. time. Yeah, but yeah. That's the thing, when you have a crew, when you have a crew, not everybody's gonna make it, man. He, you know what? He was the master killer for the Fujis, right? He was that one guy, like, oh, come on, man. But yeah. no, it, it was all right. We, we, I respect you being here. I guess that's it. It would have been too perfect, right? Yeah, yeah. I you guess have, you needed that balancer. Three people spitting hot fire. That's too much. They had to do I mean, I can't, I can't lie. If he started off a song, I would have probably mixed and mixed it from the from the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. No, but it, it, well, it, it's it's true. Would, would the songs even had the chance to make it if you if you started off the song first? Probably, I don't know. Probably they knew, not. They knew what they were doing. Nah, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. They knew. And it's the thing too with him. He knew his role was. He knew he wasn't supposed to be up there and be taking over a white close spot or Lauren's spot. He knew yeah. what he's doing. He was like, I'm hitching my ride to this thing's going to the moon. I'll stay in the back of the spaceship. It's all good. I'm going to get yep. to the moon, too. Yeah. So. I'm After Whitecliff zipped up the guitar case, he picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the thing. We we know he's an important part, but yet we still disrespect him and fast forward yes. his verses. We still do it. <laughs> Even to this day, I was still skipping. His, as soon as he came on, skip. Next song, please. I'm still doing it. I'm like, damn, man. I got to give this guy some respect, man. I don't. <laughs> oh, man. It's terrible. <laughs> I feel bad for saying it, but even though I know how important he was, but I'm just like, dude, it's just, it's such a vast difference between the flows and the lyrics between these three people. Like, it, really it, is. it wasn't like it was just a, a little bit of drop off. Like, it was a bad, it was an ocean of difference between them. Yeah. It was. You know, you know what's tough about, about topics like this? When we give our honest opinion, I, like I'm sitting here going, "Damn!" Now I can't at Wycliffe or at like uh, anybody <laughs> in the group. <laughs> well, yeah, Wycliffe had a lyric. I, I can't remember what song was it. Zealots or the beat? I can't remember what song it was. And he was saying after the Nappy Head song, the press was saying that they should have just been that Lauren should have went by herself and been a solo. And they didn't need the two guys. They're taking up space. Mm -hmm. I forgot how he said wow. the lyric, but like, yeah, it was in the Zealous song. I think it was in like the third verse or whatever. Why Cliff was probably like two guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Now we definitely can't at prize on this podcast now. Thank you, Chris. It's over now. You just killed it. It's over now. We can't add him now. It's done. But I'm like, yo, they they knew it. They they knew they like yeah. Lauren is the star. They knew it. Yeah, mm -hmm. both of them knew it. They're like, you know what? We we just gonna be here. We just gonna do our part. We'll hold our own mm -hmm. down at least. So like, I I don't even think they would be mad at you. They'd be like, yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. <laughs> they, we, they said it in the verse. So we, I, we, I we've heard it before. We've heard it all yeah. before. Be like, damn, damn, these brothers know their shit. They know their shit. <laughs> <laughs> Now let let me get into the importance of uh, of killing me softly. Um, somebody somebody basically take the baton here. H how okay. how 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 is this song so huge? Like, and I'm not saying this 
in a negative way because the song is a monster. It's a classic. It's an absolute classic. Yeah. But how does this song make sense with this group? And, and I guess this kind of speaks to the unorthodox of this group, I guess, overall. Well, here's the thing. Before Killing Me Softly came out, the album was just doing okay. It was just hovering around okay. Right. Killing Me Softly drops Diamond. <laughs> just straight to Diamond. Like, yeah. overnight. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. like, they wouldn't be, like, this phenomenal superstar touring group without Killing Me Softly on this album. I think, honestly, it would have maybe gone gold and, you know, in the high 700s, yeah. probably. Because, yeah. you know, Fuji Law and Ready or Not and How Many Mics, they were they were hits. They were big songs. Right. People liked them. Everyone liked how they rapped or whatever. But, like, it wouldn't have gone diamond, for sure. There's no way. It sold 20 million worldwide because of Killing Me Softly. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, Chris, you can, you can attest to this. Killing Me Softly in 1996 is the only rap song that you could play the whole way through at a party. Hell yeah. Women, you, women, women. Normally, you get oh a minute, God. two minutes on a song, and they're like, Dude, people are like, yo, okay, next song, let's go, let's go. You can play from beginning to the end where they're yeah. like, la, la, la. You can go all the way mm-hmm. to that part yeah. with that one song. And, and you get everybody's stuck. jamming. You mix that up. The suicide. Yeah. Everybody's jamming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keo, not even to cut on, not to cut to your point, I just want to tell a quick story. So I went to mm-hmm. a wedding, and again, um, <laughs> I'm going to shout you out. Marco, this is for you because it was his wedding, my boy's <laughs> wedding here. He had a band, right? He had a, a house band. They didn't have a singer, but he had a house band. And being that he's also Haitian, right? Yeah, um, you know they're doing cover tracks. You know, like the band, everybody's doing their cover tracks of different songs, especially some '90s stuff or whatever. And man, they got into killing me softly. Oh, and boy. and again, you know, it's a Haitian wedding. You know, like or a half Haitian wedding at least, because uh, like mm-hmm. his side. And man, everybody started like kind of like singing along, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you got to the bridge, again, there's no singer, right? As soon as oh. they got to the bridge, yo, I remember. Our table specifically, we started singing that la. <laughs> we started singing that to the top of our lungs, and I looked around yeah. and I saw everybody doing the same thing. Like I'll never yeah. forget that because I'm like, that's to tell you, like years later, like we were we were like waving napkins while we were singing that thing, and I'm like, yeah, what the hell? Like this song still means that much to us, you know what I mean? Yeah. All these years later, like we're still singing that, like we're like you know, like we're still like 18. <laughs> It brings you back. It's that emotional attachment. I don't. I don't. It. It was literally the perfect song for them to flip, and it was the perfect song for Lauren to sing, and that beat and and to to flip the Benita Apple Bomb thing the way they did. Mm-hmm. It's all genius. Everything worked on that. Like there's there's yep. no flaws in that song, and they they kept it because you know people think oh I got to put a sample I got to pull out. no they're like a baseline. That's all you get. Yeah. Nothing else. Lauren, take it away. Baseline. Some drums. Go. <laughs> That's all you needed. She destroyed it. <laughs> Fuck. Destroyed it. <laughs> well, are you, are you, are you, you said I'm more to say, Kia? No, no, I'm done. I'm done. That's all I can say about that. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> where, where Killing Me Softly comes from me is I'll take it, I'll take it way back. I was always a, I, even as a child, I had a, a, I guess what people would call an old soul. Mm-hmm. So my father, being a DJ, certain tracks that he would have, I would 
I would be in the basement just playing them by myself. And I got, at a young age, I just fell in love with Roberta Flack. And, mm-hmm. and certain tracks that she would do, it would, just, it would just hit me to the core. And Killing Me Softly was one of them. I used to play that track like constantly, just the way she built at the end. The whole song to me was just, you, you sit, I used to sit back and visualize being in a lounge and she was singing it to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when that song came out, my first reaction was, you can't touch that song. Yeah. You know, so so I kind of took offense when I heard that they, they, they read it, Killing Me Softly. I was like, nah, certain songs you just leave alone. I was like, what the fuck? Like, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Until I heard it. And then when I heard it, I heard a rumor of it coming. And then when I heard it, I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, there was nothing I could say. And then it took all of a sudden, I, I saw Lauren Hill as special. And then from after hearing that song, I saw her as like a goddess. Yeah. You know, because what she did to that song, especially from somebody coming from a Roberta Flack background, mm-hmm. I there was nothing I could say. You know, I was so touched by the song. I was like, what the? Like, who is this person? This person isn't human. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to me, to me, she did it. It was perfect. It was perfect. Because if you grew up like how I was raised back in the days with, with slow music, like I tell people, even though I grew up on hip hop, and I, you know, I play soca and I play disco and all that. I would sell all my records before I would ever sell my crates of slow music. Mm-hmm. My crates of slow music that, that go back to like the 70s and some of my father's stuff. Like I blow people's mind when I say that's what I cherish the most in my collection is the, is the ballads and the, you know, the music, the slow songs from the 70s. So what she did to that song, to me, and putting it, putting a hip hop touch on it. It, to me, it was it was phenomenal. Like that song is timeless, and and when you play it and you watch the reactions of the women, like when you yeah. wanted something in the party back in those days to raise the vibration of the females, mm-hmm. you drop that song and you watch yeah. the women just ah, like, <laughs> they yeah, just yeah. came alive. And then now you could take the party wherever you wanted to take it after mm-hmm. that song. Yeah. You know what I mean? That song is a powerhouse, and I'm saying is because it still is a powerhouse. Yeah, I was about to yeah. say. Because I, I think I yeah. think you can well not because we're I mean obviously we're in COVID times but like you know mm-hmm. right up until pre COVID you could play that song now and just take it to the bridge and that still gets that still gets you timeless man <laughs> it's timeless yeah, yeah. timeless but, but to like this, to this day but, but like, I can still play sorry. Calvin in Florida I can still play yeah no of course sorry, sorry that's <laughs> whatever. A topic, well, whatever. whatever 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 <laughs> <laughs> I just got that yeah I got that too I got that too just just, just moving right along moving right along wild right. out right now man <laughs> <laughs> but but do you but do you guys like do you guys understand and I mean I, I know you guys do but just I guess this is more for the listeners do you understand that a hip hop group remade a classic R and B song that Roberta Flack herself won a Grammy for back in let me check nineteen seventy three. A hip hop group resung that song and made it the biggest record in the world. Like they made it a classic without rapping. Yeah. Like just looking mm-hmm. back on that that right now, like that it, that honestly truly makes no sense. It doesn't make any well, sense. I look at it like. It, they added texture to the song. It wasn't like they did it over or whatever. They added their flair onto it. Right. Because the, the Roberta Flack version is timeless. 
and the Fuji version is timeless. And so, like, yeah. normally when you remake a song, it's like, oh, it's good, but it's not like the original Luther Vandross version. Of, like, like you know, <laughs> it's not like, uh, you know, Whitney Houston's version, whatever. Like, everyone's always, they always preface that with Michael Bolton's song, like, like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not, it's not like, but this is the, I don't think there's another song like this where both of these songs fit into their own space equally yeah, yeah. And, and people look at it like that like just these two songs they they stand on their own two feet and oh yeah i can't think of another song like that I, honestly and and she was supposed to be a rapper yeah you know what i mean but that's what that's what threw you off you're like wait a minute isn't this a rapper like what am i hearing here yeah you know what i mean because you have, you have people like The Weeknd that they'll sing a song and it's just like, oh, that's, that's all right. That's cool. But like, they can only do one thing. So like, if they're a singer, they're just a singer. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll, there's very few, you'll get a Pharrell that, oh, he's a producer, he raps and he can sing. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's rare. Right. But like, she wasn't just an okay rapper. She was a monster. Oh, yeah. Oh, Spitting yeah. bars. On par with anybody, you could say anybody that was like hot on in the nineties or whatever yeah. on oh, a yeah. high level. Hell yeah! You have to add Lauren onto that for spitting bars and singing. <laughs> yeah, yep. you know what I'm saying? Be, like that because even for nineties singing, like like for nineties R and B singers, <laughs> like she was right there with Mary with Aaliyah, yeah. like right off top. Just honestly, that song song alone, and I'm not saying because of the monster that it became, yeah. but just her voice. The way her she voice sings, is powerful. Yeah, her voice like is the, amazing. The, the girls from Brownstone, they, those girls can sing. SWV, SWV those girls can yep, sing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody was looking at like, oh, now Lauren, she's not in that. But like, it was on par, if not better, in some cases, for yeah. a lot of these singers. Gifted, gifted, man, gifted. And again, and and yet another story about a classic song almost not making the uh, an album or everybody fighting against recording it. Just doing a little bit of research, we got to give mm-hmm. respect to Proz because he's the one that got them to record this. Yes. This was like, really? the you thing. can't he, take him out the crew. I totally he agree. He, he, told wow. him, he told him they should redo this record and everybody fought against it. They all thought he was nuts and they mm-hmm. still did it. Well, and are then, you serious? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Proz is so important to this group. It I'm defies so logic how important this guy is. Because everyone's I'm like, oh, why class? Yeah. You hear what I said? No, I didn't hear what you said. No, I said I'll still mix them out earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that, Tori. <laughs> Just keeping it real. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sh- I'm shaking my head in disgust knowing that the next, the next Fuji the next Fuji record I play, I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> I'm still swiping left. Oh my goodness, man. <laughs> no, but I didn't know that, man. That's, that's, that's news to me. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. like so like wow. as, as much as we rip prize, like he's got to get credit to like to seeing the potential for this group to do yeah. something like that and and it, and not for it to be like feeling forced or or insincere, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it goes it went right with the yeah. album, which is yeah. which again doesn't make any sense because they're a hip hop group um remaking a classic R&B song. Mm-hmm. You know, and and wow. not and not in a hip hop way, not I mean in a hip hop elements you know, but you know, and especially Wyclef, because again, Wyclef didn't sing on it, but the classic one time, that's two all you times, needed. like that's 
Like he said, he's, he's he's tired of people telling that to this day. But like that that just that little thing was super important to the record. Yeah, oh, that that set the mood. Everyone started vibing when they hear that one time. Mm-hmm. Just like, all right, let's go. Mm-hmm. It was so important. Oh, <laughs> just look at that that turned from the Benita Apple Bomb. Just like that sample that they needed, they needed that one time in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely absolutely that's why i'm like like it's 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 crazy like when you're looking back on it like this guy deserves more respect mm-hmm. than he gets you know what yeah, I mean? absolutely yeah. because because like i said that's <laughs> that song to me was it's funny because i i think when you especially when you add the video the element of the uh-huh. video to it once when, by the time the video came out it's like it, it kept it i think that's that video almost in a sense kind of kept it from going pop as well you know yeah. what I mean? Because the song really and truly was, you could kind of say it was meant to cross over. It was a beautiful song. It was a hip-hop song. I still yeah. don't get tired listening to it to this day. But when you look yeah. at the video, it wasn't like an attempt to cross over. Like that video, it's it kind of brought it back. The, yeah, it was hood. Like it, exactly. It's, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's all the shit that we did, screaming at the theater, throwing popcorn. You're there with a bunch of people, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just having fun, mm-hmm. acting wild. Like that was... It was perfect. It, it brought you right back. Like, there's nothing about this song or this movement from this song that I don't enjoy. Like, it's like yeah. I said, even all these years later, like that song is this to me. It's it it's it's a monster because of obviously the the greatness of it all. But on top of it, it just it honestly doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> it, really it shouldn't did, fit. It shouldn't fit at all. But it did. No, but yeah. Calvin, what I could say, and I know Teal, you being a DJ, you could mm-hmm. uh, contest to this. When you're a DJ, you promote mainly for women. Yes. Mm-hmm. You spin mainly for women. You want to get females at your parties. I always said, get enough females at your party, the guys will eventually come. And your party, yeah, and, and your party will be good or great. That's sure. Yep. When yeah. there's too much, when there's too much uh, sausages at your party, I always mm-hmm. feel like eventually a fight's coming. Mm-hmm. So, so songs like this. I what what always sticks in my head is the way I used to watch women react to it. That that that's the one thing that always stayed with me is the way I would watch women. They could be in a conversation, and when that song came on, the conversation was over. Stop. You know what I mean? I go dance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love, to this day, I love seeing that. Like like when you know, it just captured the the females in the venue. Like you knew this song is gonna get you guys on the dance floor. And it's gonna get this party, take this party to another level. Yeah, and then and then Great on memory. top of that too, like the the ad libs, the ad libs is what like it kept it hip hop, and it kept it kept everybody involved because the whole you know the aspect of getting women involved, incredible. You know what I mean? They knocked that out, but just even mm-hmm. just a little bit of ad libs though, one time, <laughs> two time. Yep. You know, just, just all that in the beginning. Go- yeah, that's it. That, yeah. that that's enough to pull us. It's enough to pull Who's us. Happy. The beat yeah. and the, the dudes were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're they, in. Can, they can flow with it. Yeah, we're in. Dude, I, I was taking the top of my lungs too, man. Like, yep. Everybody yep. was. We're, 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 as, a, as a guy, we're in. They, they, yeah. I mean, they, they had the credibility from all their previous work, from just from the album alone, for us to, mm-hmm. to, to be able to accept this song. The, the little well, hip-hop ad-libs pulls us in. You're watching women dance and go off to it. That's pulling you in. I, here's the funny thing. I had a lot of female friends that weren't into hip-hop like that and they yeah, and yeah. they i will tell you the only other song that might have had a hope for them that that you might have been able to play or they would check was maybe ready or not 
Yeah. But that song, that song, they knew that song from the beginning to the end. Well, but he, you know what I mean? But if I ask some of them, did you, did you, do you have the album? Did you ever buy the album? No. But Killing Me Softly was my, well, that was my joint. But there, you know there I mean? was a, there was a huge separation between the sexes back in the 90s for music at club or party, whatever. Girls did not listen to hip hop at all. It was Especially you had to play R and B. Yeah, you had you had to play that that R and B like the the SWV and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they had the remixes and the hip hop beats on it. But you had to play that for them. And you can sneak in some rap songs for the dudes. But it was vital that you had the R and B section of this yeah. for the party. It, yeah, it you couldn't go super too, vital. too heavy. And yeah, underground underground hip hop to me yeah. was more for. It wasn't for, it definitely wasn't for the crowd, uh, the parties I used to spin at. And yeah. like, if I got underground stuff, I was like, okay, whenever I'm on radio, I'm going to play this on for, for mixtapes. Yeah, you so, know, yeah. so the boot camps and that stuff, yeah. For, for Nas, the I Ruled the World thing with Lauren singing on it. Like, that's how he got that, that crossover for that song. Yeah, you're right. It was that, mm-hmm. that voice on it, but it, it was still that R&B type feel. And women were not jumping on board the hip-hop. Like, some of them like Biggie and, and Pac and that kind of stuff, but the bulk of them, a good 80% of women were like, no, I don't want to hear this trash. It's separate. It's R&B only. No, but you're, yeah, but you're, but you're right. Getting getting Lauren Hill just to do that, just to do the hook, and mm-hmm. then we'll walk right... Just that, just even that mm-hmm. part, walk right up to the sun, and then, like, that part alone gets yeah. gets the women. Yeah, they were on board. (laughs) Women did not care about Nas until that song came out. And they're like, oh, okay, let's see what this guy from Queens is saying. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there were some. There were some sisters that was into, you know, the tribe and the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I could say for for a lot of parties I went to or I DJed for, Mm -hmm. I I would be, I would go as far as to say 70% of the women in the venue did not care for hip-hop like that. At all. <laughs> you know what At I mean? I, I, like, anybody disputes that right now, I would have to tell them, are you sure yeah. you're, you, you're, you're not forgetting how these parties were back in the 90s? Because you couldn't play hip-hop like that. You couldn't. Yeah. You could Like, you, people remember, like, you know, the, the Benjamins and this kind of stuff. Like that. That's a little bit further along. But it, before that, people didn't care about rap merging as the sole thing for the party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was the R and B and the soul and all this other stuff that carried the party. Mm-hmm. And, the Mary and you were lucky stuff, to get yeah. the yeah. You were very lucky to play some tribe or whatever to sneak something in there. But like it wasn't the bulk of it. I don't think yeah. honestly until maybe ninety nine, ninety eight before like hip hop took over as the sole thing yeah. for the party. And now it's different. Like now, yeah. yeah. Like now it leads your party. Only. Yeah, it's pretty much <laughs> yeah. the only thing that's happening right the now. Right? He's dead. Yeah. God help them. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know what? As to, I guess, to kind of segue to the next question or the next topic, we, we got to touch on Lauren Hill. Um, the question I'll ask you guys, and whoever wants to jump on this first, you know, definitely feel free. But is Lauren Hill, to me, and I'm, I'm saying from 1990, you know, till now. So no talent coming up before that. Anybody that came out after 1990 or 1991 until now. Is Lauren Hill the greatest talent of the last 30 years that didn't fulfill her legendary obligations? 
Yeah, that that goes without saying. Is I think it goes without saying. And, and, but, it but is also, an absolute waste. And and I guess maybe I should reframe it a little bit. I guess that you could keep that question, but also, is she the greatest talent of the last thirty years? In, I don't know music. if I can say she's the greatest talent. That that's that's uh, that I can't say because I mean we've had so much talented people, you know, yeah. come come and go in the last thirty years. Mm. But 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 as far as not fulfilling what she, I think she was what she was supposed to do, a hundred percent. You know, I can't I can't dispute that at all, a hundred percent. But something happened to Lauren Hill and Calvin. You know, I've been saying this for years. When you come into the business the entertainment business, nine times out of 10. And I'm saying this from a DJ because I I had it happen to me like um, several times when I go into certain genres. Um, I've had it happen to me. You come in fresh, young, full of energy. The sky's the limit because your dreams are endless. You have so much potential. You have a bucket full full of things that you want to release on the world. And then as time goes on, where you have to be careful is the industry has a way of eating you and, and it has a way of taking, taking away that light. And, and that light is what gets people to connect with you and what gets you on the, on the level that you're supposed to be on. What I yeah. got from, from Lauren Hill, and, I'm, and you know, I can't get into what got her there because you know, that's, that might be a topic for a whole different show, especially if we want to get yeah. put this online. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but, uh, whatever, but yeah. But what I got from Lauren Hill, and it was confirmed to me when she came on that um, that blocko that that Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle had, yeah. What I got from Lauren Hill is she lost that that light that 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? that that there's like an innocent light that we come in with where it's not really about the money. There's this there's this bucket we want to release on the world. Kio, you know this, being a DJ. Yeah, yeah. Like, when you just come in and you're coming in and like, ah! It's mm-hmm. like, I always say, it's like the first time I played on the road for Caravana. I came in like a monster. <laughs> yeah. By year two or three, I came in like, yeah, so what time am I going on? <laughs> so you were still like, you, you were still happy to be there, but you weren't coming in like ripping off your shirt. Like, ah, yeah. it wasn't about the money. I'm just here to, to just destroy this place. When she came on that Dave Chappelle show, there was that light that always shined. Mm-hmm. And that like her, her aura was so bright when she came on the stage. I told you this before, Calvin, it broke my heart. Yeah, it was gone. Mm-hmm. It broke my heart because to me, the light that I always saw around her, it was gone. And you could yeah. see in her face, you could see everything in her that that yeah. light was gone. And I knew once that light, that innocent light that wants to shake up the road, you came to shake that tree. Once that light is gone, whatever you, is your expertise, it will never be the same. Never. And sometimes becoming rich gets you there. Like when, when certain artists become wealthy, like when Jay-Z became really rich, I said Jay-Z finished. Jay-Z yeah, will yeah. never be the Jay-Z that he was because that life is gone. So yeah. it leaves you for different reasons. Sometimes it leaves you because you got to where you want to be financially. Once you get to where you want to be financially, how could somebody have me sitting down, you know, in my house writing lyrics when I got like 20 mil behind me, 40, <laughs> 50 mil behind me? I don't give yeah. a shit about writing lyrics anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm all over the world, but with Lauren, she lost that light 
And uh, to me, I saw her in in something recently. She was doing some charity event, and mm-hmm. the light it was like darkness around her still. Yeah, she has. She never recovered from all the stuff that was going on, yeah. and in the never. in fighting between doing the miseduc- miseducation and with the group, it was just it 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 got really ugly. And then see things though when it got ugly from just the group thing. And you got this huge success, and you can't even enjoy it with the people that got you there. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like she's basically on an island by herself when the miseducation thing came out, and then it blows up, and you're like, "Yay, all right, the songs, the songs are good." Yeah, okay, now you're arguing like the more because more information came out about why they broke up and all that kind of stuff. Right. And Wyclef's taking shots over there. Like, it's, it was a mess. Like, I, I understood why she could never, she couldn't enjoy that moment in time. And, you know, like, I, I don't think that it's ever been addressed or, like, have they been together again? I, I don't think so. Like, on, on the road or even just doing a show together. I don't think they've ever done it again. I think they've tried little, little, like, yeah. Yeah. Little yeah. attempts they, they, here and there and... But like not on like a full no, tour no, or whatever. No. Listen, well, I think they tried they went, and it just it just never it, it never like it never materialized properly. Where like or if they did try, it didn't. Like, yeah, it, it, was like it a didn't work out. Didn't finish, yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, it, it didn't work out. But like you're telling me, of us, all of us who grew up on this stuff, we wouldn't go pay money to go see the three of them on stage. We would again? still, we would still go. Hell yeah, we would still I go would now. go. We would still go now. Hell yeah, we would still go. Yeah, but. But she's changed so much. I yeah. don't think it, it's possible. I don't. Yeah, I don't think because the thing is, whatever that issue is between them, it's never been addressed, and it's never been resolved from the mental health or whatever. I, I don't want to go yeah. that deep into it, but like you can, yeah. she's not to be a singer like that. Like, like I'll put it to DJs, right? When you like what you're doing. You put up with all the BS on the on the in the, the audience or on the dance floor, or whatever. You put up with all that, and it's just a it's about the playing songs. And like I can be miserable with the promoter, I can be miserable with the you know the venue, whatever. I'm playing songs and people are dancing. I'm happy. Right. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm living my best life right there. Just just that that part of it. Right. And then I'll be annoyed the second I stop playing music. Yeah. But like she's not happy on stage singing. And Man. so, like, yeah. that's why I feel like it, it. Whatever issue she had, it's not resolved. Like, and it, it can never go forward from there. And it, it bothers me so much. And like, you know, feel, I feel selfish about it. I don't know if, what you guys feel about, but like, everybody wanted Lauren Hill to do more music oh and gosh, to do more yeah. music like the Fuji's and Miseducation. Yeah. And she kind of she's doing some kind of reggae thing. Like that. Not that's not what I want. I, I feel selfish because I'm like, no, no, you need to get in this this, this box of what I remember from <laughs> in high school or whatever. Like that, you need to do, you need to fall into that box. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how I look at it with her. Like, you, I want her to rap. And I want her to sing like that. And but, I feel selfish funny, for it. But the funny thing is, Okio, I, mm-hmm. I I felt a piece of that, like what you're saying. But then I also, what I also suffered from is I wanted to see. Where she could also take us, yeah. And I just felt like there's a there's like a forest out there that she's supposed to take us through, mm-hmm. and I was waiting for that. So what hurt is that person I knew again once she walked on that block hole thing that Chappelle did. I knew 
that person that I once knew is gone. And from my experience with this, with that kind of stuff, it's, mm-hmm. once that light is gone, it's you out. Pretty much gone for good. It's out. And it, so, there's there's a lot that? of artists that like uh, you know, like Mary J. Blige, whoever. Like some bad scandal happens, she makes an album and goes on tour talking about the bad thing that happened. Like mm-hmm. it's just like she there's gets, people that can handle system. it better. <laughs> yeah, she can get she gets it out of her system. Yeah, yeah. that's just how she she heals is making an album, recording an album, whatever, going mm-hmm. on tour. Yeah, and I think Lauren was this, it you know, it's like this prodigy type talent. Yeah, that she was a monster, man. But but you like, you, you think of it because it's, it's funny because I never watched Sister Act two, right? Mm-hmm. I watched I watched Sister, Sister Act two way after the 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 score was out. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I didn't know she could sing and stuff. And then when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, actress. shit. Yeah, she's an actress. She can sing. I'm like, damn. Like, I should have watched Sister Act too. I would have known some yeah. of this. At least, <laughs> at least I would have been somewhere prepared. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, but it's funny. To touch on what you're saying, Chris, I actually think, personally, that there was an actual, there was a real chance that Lauren would have changed the game for women in hip-hop. And I think just in general. Yeah. Because I, I think the game was... And I think even from that point, like the mid '90s until you even until right now, it started to become really oversexualized, and yeah. mm-hmm. like the immense success in in the industry that's starting to become like copycat. Like she was such an explosion for being left because even at that time you had like you know the Foxy Browns and the Little Kims and stuff that was popping up yeah, and yeah. you know really yeah. starting the bubble. But like she exploded so much. Like I think she, I feel like she might have motivated some mothers to do the same because she had it all, you know, like she Mm -hmm. can sing her ass off. Like, you know, as we said before, like she's probably one of the best singers when she sung and then on the rapping side, she's one of the best rappers, you know, and and she had the show stopping talent, like to the, to the extent of like, I put her in the category that I put like Biggie Snoop met the man at at that point in time where it's like, you couldn't wait till she, until she hopped on a record. Like if yeah, you knew yeah. she was on the song, mm-hmm. you couldn't wait for her part to come. And I think yeah. Buster Rhymes and maybe Nas was kind of in that at that point too. Yeah, Method, I'll throw Method Man in there too. Oh no, I said and... Method Man. Like Method Man, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Method Man was infamous. Like, but specifically those three: Biggie, Snoop, and Method Man. Anytime you saw their name as a guest appearance, you're like, oh shit, I can't yeah, wait yeah, till yeah. the verse comes on. And that's how I felt with Lauren Hill. Like yeah. Lauren, Lauren Hill commanded the stage the moment she took the mic. Like you couldn't wait mm-hmm. for her to grab it. And and yeah. then on and then on top of that. She's attractive as hell. She didn't have to sell sex in order for it to work. She wrote her own mm-hmm. lyrics. She wrote for others. She produced mm-hmm. songs for Whitney, for Aretha, you know, for Mary J. And yeah. and again, like, she had that proof that, like, maybe people would have followed in this lane because she had both the score and her own album that both each sold 20 million, al- 20 million albums each. So combine those two; those two albums combined sold over forty million records worldwide. That's crazy, you, you know. So, <laughs> so like, what record companies looking at her stats as well as like Little Kim and Foxy stats and saying to themselves, mm-hmm. "Can we at least try to get another Lauren?" I know, <laughs> I know, it's almost impossible, but can we at least try to get like some resemblance mm-hmm. of a Lauren and, and get them to to do this? Because I'm not sure. Going back to Little Kim and Foxy Brown, and those those two ladies are monsters themselves, but. I'm not sure if both those artists combined sold as much records as as no, they didn't as as, as her own album as as uh, as you know uh, Miseducation. It wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> all of their albums together was not competing with that. Like for sales, yeah, it wasn't competing. 
Because lyrically, they're, it was they're not in the same stratosphere. Like, come on, like, no, cool. but like for sales, I don't, I don't think worldwide. I don't think because like I think Lil Kim went, I think she went platinum. Foxy she, was like single platinum. Yeah, they went platinum a few times or a couple of times. But yeah, like, but like it's nothing it, compared to to miseducation yeah. and not and not again. You're not even adding the Fugees. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. True. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm like, and that's and that's to me where I'm like. Well, I asked that question, is she the greatest talent in the last 30 years? You know, like, it, like, or she's like, you know, I, I, like, I don't know where you rank her, but in terms of doing all those things well, honestly, the only person I could think of, you know, that can touch different avenues of, of the genre and be, like, equally amazing is uh, probably, um, who am I thinking of? Uh, hold on. Let me, I, let me, I, would let, say, let me, let I would say Missy Elliott. Yeah, I would say Missy Elliott. Yeah, Missy Elliott's a good one. The other one I would say, hold on, let me let me see. Hold on, R. Kelly. <coughs> R. Kelly. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry I, I mean, I I I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree. Sorry, yeah, where's, where's I mean, my Kleenex box? Hold on. Yo, Sorry, my fault. He, he couldn't rap though. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's what I said. Like for Missy, because Missy could rap. She could yeah. actually spit. She felt like it. Mm-hmm. And she, mm-hmm. so her singing, and she used to do the chords and do all this stuff for genuine these guys. Like, she was a monster for singing, recording, and rapping, producing, like yeah, writing it. and stuff, and yeah. producing and stuff. She could do it. I felt like so, she stopped too early, too. Yeah, yeah, another one, man. I think back in like the the two talents to me, at least I'm only speaking for myself here, that disappeared, and you, and you really wondered if like we're just. If they're never gonna, if, if they're ever gonna come back again, um, to me, the two people were Lauren Hill and was Dave Chappelle, because yeah. like, when, mm-hmm. like when, when Chappelle disappeared for those few years and he would just pop up here and there in these little nightclubs, I'm like, yo, so so that's it. Like we're never we're never gonna see Dave Chappelle again perform. Like we're really gonna allow this 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 great talent to just you know just that's it. We're just gonna lay it, let him lay in the ditch. This is what mm-hmm. we're doing. You know what I mean? So yeah. like. So like the fact that like you know in the fact in the last like five to ten years he's he kind of popped up and he's kind of staked this claim as like one of the great uh, comedic voices for our generation, you know I'm kind of like okay we got that solved we got that solved okay like they yeah, should yeah. safe he's right where he should be okay 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 all right where's Lauren all right, let's can go so- can somebody find Lauren can somebody yeah, find no, but- Lauren you know like that's <laughs> but, that's but how the, I feel but the problem is but the problem is you could find Lauren but if you want the authenticness. And you want yeah. that organic feel that we had, you have to get that light back. Yeah, and without that light, even if you find Lauren, so what? You didn't really find Lauren. Mm-hmm. You found a shell. To me, until unless you could find a way to bring that light back, I I like it doesn't make sense finding her. I think we have to take what we got, what we were blessed with, and just and just move ahead with that. Yeah, I mean, unless she goes to Africa and she takes a couple of months off and <laughs> gets rid of her Comedy, <laughs> Comedy Central special. I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or, or goes to I mean, Wakanda and, and gets and gets the vibranium. Like, is yeah. Like, <laughs> <one of> those... <laughs> get that vibranium mic, man. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is that, 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 that sucks, though, is what Calvin was saying is, it's like I like women just like the the other, like the next guy, mm-hmm. you know. But I've always been one of those people who, the one thing I love to see in females is I go for talent first, mm-hmm. and I, and the industry because the industry is is uh, is created on a on a male energy, 
It always sells sex when it comes to women. And sometimes I get fed up with it. Like sometimes yeah. I'm like, okay, can you send me a female that's just talented and she doesn't have to be half naked? You know what I mean? The thing with Lauren was just natural. That's just it how she looked. Natural. Yep, she it wasn't didn't about put anything in her head. She wasn't like to do anything behind the scenes to fix it up. No surgeries. This is how. Yep. This is how she rolled out of bed. You know, brushed her yeah. teeth, throw some yeah. deodorant on, and she's like, "All right, let's go." That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's all you needed. I missed that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I missed that man. in in a lot of in a lot of like female artists, especially hip hop. Like I missed that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm tired of the. You know, like like yeah. all she's missing on stage is a stripper pole. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And 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 the young women, I love that. Like all these little girls are like are like following these women who are basically strippers on stage. Yeah, we're, you know? we're in the stripper movement right now. It's yeah. not stopping. They just got more of them coming out. Yeah. So it's like yeah, yeah, because because <laughs> and, and, it's successful. Know, they, it's successful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but but here's it's, the joke: the the natural. I'm really talented. I'm just gonna sing and I can rap. Is still way more successful and better long term. Because we're how many years did this album come out? And we're talking about this thing today. Twenty yeah. years from now, no one's gonna be thinking that Cardi B was a person. <laughs> you know, it's not gonna be on anybody's <laughs> radar to be like, oh, oh yeah, the City Girls or whatever. No one's gonna be thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. we're still longing for this girl who. Put this out, these two albums out back to back from 1996 and 98. Yeah. But how many years later? We're still talking about that. That's how powerful it is. And yeah. <laughs> this is the thing that people don't understand from, from the music industry. That talent is more important than sh shoving this magical. Like, you look at people like Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey can sing her ass off. And so. They tried to throw the sex out there, but with the end of the day, the thing that mattered for Mariah Carey is that she could sing. She could sing, yeah. Could sing. yeah. Whitney so Houston is the same thing. Every superstar that you can think of from the 90s, early 2000s, they were all talented. They were right. capable of doing the job. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. And it's funny because you saw some elements of it in terms of like somebody trying to replicate the success. Because, I mean, yeah. I know even though she was different, like she didn't, she wasn't Lauren Hill. But like Alicia Keys kind of like took that energy a little bit for a while. Yeah, yeah. You know, she, she rolled she was with trying it. to do that. And she's talented, yeah. you know what I mean? I I liked a lot of her stuff. I know some people feel a different way about her now when they see her, <laughs> but you know, but I, I you yeah. know, I, I I enjoyed her music and stuff. But again, you know, like uh -huh. she took an element of it because, you know, she could sing, she played piano uh -huh. and stuff, she produced, she didn't rap. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where you know, like a, somebody like, like Lauren Hill gets her because Lauren Hill again is like is is battling Jay Z and Nas. You know, yeah. not, not like wh whoever rapper is rapping, like the lower level yeah. rappers are rapping. Yeah, she's battling the top people rapping. Right. And yeah. Right. Because even that success of, of even that success of miseducation, she, I, remember, I remember watching that mm -hmm. Grammys and she won five. Remember, she was like holding, she could mm -hmm. barely hold all of them in her hands, in her arms. Yeah. Like that's yeah. how much that's how much Grammy she got that that um that night. And you're just like, yo, like after that, you you just saw. There's no way she's not going to become this mega star, and the mm -hmm. Fujis aren't going to become this, you know, like this yeah. monolith, and <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like it just never happened, you know. Mm -hmm. You're just like, what, what just happened? Like, did, did we miss something? Did something happen? But, you know, like. But we know it's so fragile. It 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 turns around and eats you, or it tricks you to eat yourself. Yeah. It's so fragile, man. And we've seen it happen. Like Lauren's story has happened so many times from the 30s on up. 
Yeah. It's so fragile, man. If you don't have the right people around you, you know, yeah. it, it's it's a scary industry, man. Yeah, you know, it's true. It, it really it's a scary industry. It, people it, always say, like, you know, I wish I could be successful, like such and such. I won't change. Yeah. I always tell people, it's like, yeah, I hope people say the same thing about winning the lotto. I won't mm-hmm. change. I always say, I hope I wouldn't change because the characters that you would start interacting with aren't the same people that you're going to meet as a commoner. Yeah. And that's when you can start changing. And then once you start changing and going off that, 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 you know, that slippery slope, it's like, good night. You know, yeah. it's hard to find your way back. She, she lost her way. And then Lauren, like I said, Lauren Hill for me is, a, it may sound cold, but I mean this in a good way. Lauren Hill, it's mm-hmm. a sad story for me because I just saw potential just, just not reach where it was supposed to because somebody, yeah. somebody straight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I, <laughs> it's it's sobering because, like I said again, I, I think she was. I think she was sent to change the game, mm-hmm. and something went left because I'm like mm-hmm. the 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 amount of success she had, and she was just getting started. You know, and you, and it's kind of you know replicated with the Fujis as well. Like they were just getting started, and it's like. Yeah. Like you know, they may have had success, but it's like it wasn't where it needed to be. And and at least it, it kind of leads me to my next question: are, are successful groups designed to last? Like super successful groups, not just successful groups, not just like any Wait. group, but like super successful groups. When you get that that top level of success, because my my thing is, I always uh-huh. say like if if you can take the word ego, and you can crush it and and crystallize it and sniff it, is it more potent than cocaine? Because yeah. I feel like I feel like that drug is that ego drug is bigger than any manufactured drug you can take. Like I, I look at okay, I look at groups like U two and the Rolling Stone. Right. And these guys, they all know their roles. You know, U two nobody's arguing with Bono about who's gonna sit in the front of the bus. They're like Bono sitting in the front of the bus, like pick and pack his bags and get on here. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you <laughs> For the groups to last, everybody has to recognize what their job is and, yep. and to respect their role in, in part of the thing. Like, you know, like we think about all of these groups. I was making that joke about Remember, Snoop used to make fun of uh, Hell Melvin in the Blue Notes? Yeah. He had that skit. He was like, oh, you're not going to go platinum. <laughs> like, you know, the thing is that they, these guys, they're all super talented, but it was always this infighting of. You know, I want to be the lead singer. I want to be the people they need to. I need people throwing panties at me on stage. Like, there's that thing right. of that everybody wanted that center of attention. And especially now with social media and the stuff. Like, oh my God. These Worst people now. are falling apart without social media. Imagine what oh. would happen with the Fujis if they came out today. Jesus. That's a great point. <laughs> Jesus. Like, I don't, I don't even think much. they could have made the first album. I don't think they would have yeah. got that far. That's a great point. Oh, that's a great that's- point. That's that's scary, but you know, e- ego is an interesting thing though, because yeah. ego is one of those things where you need it to be mm-hmm. successful, but it's yeah. how you how you um, how you deal with it. Because you could you could be like uh, somebody that's really really full of like a, you could be an egomaniac, I guess is the word I'm looking for. But there's yeah. a way you can use it where you like like I remember like playing ball back in the days. Some of your best games, you walked in the gym and you looked at everybody that was going to be playing against you and you're like, you're dead. I'm destroying everybody in here today. There is nothing you're going to be able to do. But 
you were saying that internally and mm-hmm. nobody knew that you're carrying that kind of ego inside you. Yeah. I think what happens with ego is you need a bit of that ego to get to the promised land. The problem is, is how do you not make that ego come back and eat you? Mm-hmm. And that's what happens to a lot of people. The ego starts eating them. So now what got them there and that's what they needed to get there. Now it's eating them because now they want to be that star. And you may not be as talented as the person that's a step ahead of you in the group. And you may not have been the one that started the group and came up with this whole concept. Right. But your ego now believes that, well, why is he there when I should be there? And yeah. that's where it always starts. That, that what you need to get you there sometimes mm-hmm. ends up eating you. And that's what, to me, destroyed a lot of groups that left a lot of money on the table. Yeah. Like the Fuji. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How do you control that ego? That's the trick. Yeah, because like, you, I don't know. It's like you and, you, and you can't even just look at just them. You see it in so much groups and music. It's a lot of groups. Yeah, it's man. All apart. Like the shit never lasts. They always break up. Somebody In always, Vogue, man. Yeah. Like, look how much oh, people in Vogue. Is it? Do they even have the original singers in the Vogue? <laughs> I don't point? think so. It's probably yeah. like two, maybe one at this point. Yeah. Maybe. Like it's 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 crazy. Like they never last, and somebody always mm-hmm. gets pushed to the forefront. Somebody doesn't like it. Now mm-hmm. that headliner is the one, you know, the quote unquote headliner is the one that's getting the magazine covers, the commercials, the radio interviews. Mm-hmm. They get all asked the you know the most important question of the TV shows. The crowd screams a little louder, you know, for them <laughs> more than others. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and the thing is, I get it though, like, cause you know. I guess thinking about it tonight, it's like you, you spend months and years sometimes crafting this body of work. You're all putting your, so imagine the three of us, we're all putting our blood, sweat, and tears into it. You're coming up with ideas. You're brainstorming new song concepts. You're producing the music. You do all that. Now the album comes out and it explodes. Like it's a monster, right? Mm -hmm. And you're reaping the benefits. You're reaping the benefits of all this hard work, all the success. But even as you're reaping all the benefits, for some reason they they just keep shoving you aside and getting to getting to Keo or getting to Chris. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. How do you not start getting in your feelings? You yeah. know, because because that that <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, especially if you were behind the scenes doing all the heavy lifting and people don't really know that. It's that thing yeah. of like, well, you should know how much. Like 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 take Pros for instance. Most people have no idea how much this guy did for this group. Yeah. And just like that's just the guy I skipped forward on the song, and so yeah, mix out. Yeah, you mix you mix them out. Like <laughs> you say, like it, there's a lot of there's a lot of groups that the person that's doing the heavy lifting to keep everything together and make this thing work, they're not getting the shine, and they take it personal. And you know, mm-hmm. they, they people feel like, oh, well, I can, I don't need you guys. I'm I'm a better singer. I'm a better rapper. I'll just do this on my own. A, a best example of this is. Um, Buster Rhymes and Lee the New School. Oh Charlie gosh. Brown yeah. is the guy who built that group. And they didn't want the Lee the New School as a group. They just wanted Buster. Uh, Sylvia Rohn and Electra Records just wanted Buster. And she's tolerating the rest of the group for the time wow. being. And she goes to Buster, hey, we're going to break your contract up and you're going to go solo and tell those guys to kick rocks. And there's nothing they could do because she's running the label. And for the guys who built this thing together and the other guy who's just hanging there out. But, like, you know, he Buster's the most exciting person in the group. 
Right. But and we he see didn't it. build the group. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Brown <laughs> built the group. And Dinko D, these guys, those guys built the group. Buster was there. Like, you know, my my thing about it, it is secondhand information. Like, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I talked to Buster before, but I never asked him about this stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. the going information is, is that they didn't want the rest of the group. They just wanted him. And he shoved these guys aside. And so, like, a lot of times the stuff is outside of your hands. This is like, you know, other forces are pushing you guys apart. Because right. I don't think Buster would have left them if, if he yeah, had a choice. From what I always hear, boys. he didn't want to leave. Yeah. Hey, he didn't want to leave. This is boys. He made a business decision. That's hard, man. It's yeah. hard. It, so, but you're hard. But you're so you right about these other factors. You're, you're so right about Kyo because um, there's a pod a pod uh, miniseries about um, the creation of Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you did you hear that? Did you listen to that one? That one was No, no uh, I didn't um, finish listening to it. I heard listen, some of it though. Yo, you gotta listen to you gotta listen to the rest of it. It's a it's a great story, but it speaks to the same yeah. thing you're talking about, right? Because Guy was another example of mm-hmm. being a this Aaron incredible Hall. group. You know, mm-hmm. we're looking at Teddy Riley, you know, Damian Hall, Aaron Hall, and mm-hmm. none of them created a group. It was it was another guy that created a group and he got pushed out right before the album started. <laughs> Right before yeah, the first wow. album started, he was the one that got pushed out. And then, mm-hmm. he, like, I can't remember his name. His name escapes me. But, like, he went on to actually take that sound and he gave it to, to BBD. He gave it to all these mm-hmm. people. So he made out fine. But but he was the one that kind of created that, that group. He created, you know, the whole thing, got these guys involved, and then he got pushed out. You yeah. know, so it's like, so now you're seeing, you know, you're seeing guy take over the world and you're, <laughs> you're not even a part of that. Like, yeah, really? you, you know what I mean? The new Jack Swing thing. You can't even yeah. benefit from you, it. You can't even. Like the, the way you could have. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's like, that's like a killer. Like that, that, mm-hmm. that quest to be that next big star. I feel like it's an automatic opponent of group success. Cause I, cause how yeah. many groups have lasted the test of time without wanting to smash each other's heads in? <laughs> yeah. Cause tribe was like that. These guys are at each other's oh. necks recording these oh, albums. Man. Oh man! Oh my god! And Yo, yeah, it takes a lot. And and it's crazy because I remember I remember that um that documentary, <laughs> the tribe mm-hmm. documentary. When you saw them fighting, it I felt like it was like finding out Santa Claus was real. <laughs> like when you saw when you saw Fife and, and Q-Tip fighting, I was just I was watching the TV like, what is happening here, man? Like, You're supposed to be friends, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You guys, you guys are my happy music. Why are you guys fighting? Stop fighting! <laughs> it's like it's like a little kid watching your parents fight. Like, no, daddy, no, mom, don't do it. <laughs> right? It's the same thing. And you know what? There's a lot of ego stuff. That's yeah. the the killer for all of these groups is ego. And they need so much people. money and so much like like other major things to like doors mm-hmm. to kick open they leave so much things like on the table man it's such a mm-hmm. shame yeah. you know like god that's the annoying part you're like man you guys left so much things on the table like you know it's like come on man i remember when um when pete rock and co oh, parted me i was like I, I was like what are you telling me man like what <laughs> like yeah. what you know what i mean mm-hmm. like like you remember when we saw them in concert, Calvin? You could see they they performed the last show they did in Toronto, and you could see there was there wasn't a connection. And then I then it turned out they they both came in on two separate flights. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. They basically didn't see each other until they got to the venue. I was like, 
Wow. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. Like so they so they're doing it just for the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Pete Rock and Seal Smooth. Two guys that like just listening to them musically, you think they're they're the best of friends. And just more than that, they just they just complement each other so well. And then you find mm-hmm. out, like as you said, like one's on WestJet, one's on on, uh, <laughs> on Air Canada, <laughs> separate hotels on the opposite ends yeah. of the city. You're like, what, like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. You know, Damn. but Damn. but it's but it's true. Like when when that success and fame, like when it drives that ego up, not everybody handles it the same. Like like I might like Keo may handle it fine, but the next person. Mm-hmm. You know, might be walking out every day with an assistant ready to, you know, get their coat <laughs> handed to them like James Brown. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when it's you, it's just one thing, but when you're part of the group, it just, it just gets mm-hmm. dicey, man. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like every, I'm not sure if if group success, like wild, like in terms of like really successful success for a group, mm-hmm. I I don't know if it's if it's designed to to last. I don't think it is. I like I, yeah, I just looking like at history. Group. Yeah, I just I don't think especially, it is. Especially especially when you have really really talented people around you. Mm-hmm. Another group of that is uh in sync. You know, everyone knows Justin Timberlake. Yeah, no. There's better singers in the group. But do, mm-hmm. can, they can, didn't go anywhere. Can, can, can you name them? I can't at this point. You I know I mean? know that JC the JC dude he he sings better than Justin, but JC was the lead singer in Justin for the group. <laughs> And JC put this album out, and it was hot trash. And everybody was waiting for Justin's album, and Justin hooked up with Neptune's. It and rest that, is history. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. And well, it- I I got one. I got one that that was mm-hmm. devastating, devastating. Like it, you know, it was younger, but it's still like you know, it, it was it still put a curtain in your chest and you found out mm-hmm. <sighs> Maurice. You know yeah. What I'm about? Yeah. Woo. You said, I, like, come on, man. You, you said who, sorry? I, like, I didn't on. hear that. Maurice. Maurice? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, shoot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. You know, like, yeah. like some of those songs, you could, it could never be the same. Like, how do you sing those, how do you sing those live again? Okay. You know what I mean? Like you can't, yeah. you couldn't replace that voice. Like that voice was so special when that voice walked. How do you replace that on stage? I mean, they're still performing to this mm-hmm. day, and they were performing even before Maurice, you know, passed. But you, yeah. you can't duplicate that voice. No. Yeah. You know. You're you're yeah. right. But you, but then you think of it too. Like you think of like the Izzy brothers. The Izzy brothers. They're a family. Yeah. They're brothers one. and cousins. They broke up. <laughs> it's another one. <laughs> Like, you when you you sit down and think about it, like there is so many groups that just fell to pieces before they could do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they they could get the benefit of what uh, all the success they were about to have, or they got a little bit of it, but they couldn't maintain it. Like it's there's so many groups that just started off and just it's a mess. But like it's, it's that fame. It's the ego. It's just so much factors. And then you add social media and all the stuff that is today. Yeah. Like, you can't exist as a, a group or an artist without you having to put your life on the internet. So they need yeah. to know what you're doing and where you're at and, you know, that love and hip-hop type stuff. You have to do that. Rather, you like, you couldn't be, oh, I'm just going to, like, you, you think about, like, these old artists. Like, anything before social media came out, there was an artist, 
they wrote some songs, they took a year off, recorded the album, went on tour, and you didn't know anything else about them unless you got their autobiography yeah. or like you're a super fan. Mm-hmm. Most people couldn't tell you half of the things that happened to a lot of these artists. Like you had to be a super fan to know about them in particular. But and yeah, go ahead. No, no, Chris, go ahead. I thought you were gonna jump in. Oh no no! I was just oh, okay, no, I was just gonna say like, no, you're, you're absolutely right though, Kyo. Like it, it always gets dicey. Like every every group, every movement, record label, even you know they get broken up because somebody wants to get more credit, or they want to yeah. spread their wings and do their own thing, and because they they want to start getting more credit, you know. And and like you said, like there's there's been legendary groups that that has had, and it's funny you, you how you're talking about the social media thing. Um, you're familiar with Chloe and Chloe and uh, Chloe. Yeah, and yeah, Holly, they're, they're right? going through it right now. <laughs> they're going through it right you, now. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so like now, you know, I think Haley's recording or doing a movie or whatever it is, and and Chloe, the, before they had their, you know, the, in terms of social media, they had their own Instagram. Yeah, they're doing it not, together. Not they, they're always doing it together. Now they've done it mm-hmm. separate, and you're seeing some of the stuff that Chloe's posting. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's getting thirst a lot trap. of eyes, rightfully so. It's got a lot of thirst, thirst trapping, a lot of thirst trapping. I've 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 brought my cup to the to the to the Instagram page. I'm not gonna lie to you, <laughs> but it, but at the same time, you you I'm kind of looking at it like, man, I, I hope they still stay together and they last because you can already yeah. see where it's you know what I mean. Just judging on history, you can already see where this is gonna start to go. It's it's, who, not, it's who too late. Who's Chloe? It's this it's an R and B group. They're like they're young girls, but they have um, yeah, they're they're starting to to fracture. They're they're like a wholesome group. Yeah, and, they and can now sing. one of them is now starting to dress a little more revealing, and the other one is trying to be wholesome. Uh-oh. And there's yeah. a there's a yeah, there's a disconnect there. And they're both on uh, they're both on that show Grownish. They're both on Grownish together yeah. as, as like sisters and like that's I, the beginning of the end. But yeah, you, but you, you that's what I'm saying. Like you've coming. seen it. Like just based on we, you know, we we all like music heads. You see uh-huh. how where this is gonna go. So I'm, I'm yeah. like I'm mm-hmm. hoping because I I like them. I'm I'm hoping like okay, you know, it's not gonna go this way for them. You know, you want to see them be <laughs> successful, but you just like, man, I, I've seen this before, man. It might be different technologies being a part of it, but you've seen it before. Yeah, yeah. and and you know, it gets dangerous when it's two two ways. It also gets it gets dangerous. It's if you have a friend. Well, if you have like a, a girlfriend, you know, if yeah, you're yeah. female, you have a boyfriend, and these Start people talking. are now in your ear. Start talking to you, you know ear what I mean? Telling you stuff. Yeah, like you know, like that's where it gets that's where it gets dangerous. Like, yeah, but you know, like Calvin, how could, why are you such and such and like you like he's more he's not more talented than you, and you start going, you, you know what? You're right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm tired of carrying his guitar case. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I like here comes here comes the problem. A lot yep. of times that that happens once once a certain you know boyfriend girlfriend comes into their life, mm-hmm. it's like oh shit, you know, yeah, it starts falling apart. Yeah, and yeah, and, you, and you even saw you you even saw it a couple of years ago when the, um that documentary came out with New Edition, right? Like mm-hmm. when you when yeah you, yeah it's another group yeah. Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's another group. It's another group, but they ended up being all of them after a while, right? Because they all, yeah, yeah. they all got their success. Yeah, they all got their success, and that but was you know it. Though I think that's the only group that it kind of worked out for everybody. Who um, BVD uh, Ralph, yeah, yeah. They all they were able, yeah, Johnny Gill. They all they were they're all successful in their own right. I, I, it wasn't like 
there was a bum well, in the group that didn't make it. Like, they all kind mm-hmm. of made it. I always feel for Ralph, though. Yeah, because <laughs> he was a lead singer, but like he's his his solo stuff never hit like the other guys. Yeah, Dude, I, I love sensitivity, man. Oh, no, same here, yeah. same here. I do too. Slowcore yeah. gentleman, I like it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when he, he can't buy me love, but but you know what I'm saying though. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. It wasn't BBD. No, it definitely you know? wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't BBD. Yeah, it wasn't right. Bobby Brown. Like it's just weird. Like I, I feel like the only group really and truly. That made that I think, and even they had their problems at the end, but they uh-huh. kind of stuck. You know, they at least they got to like the the, the live out their prime. To uh-huh. me, is Wu Tang. Wu Tang's probably the only one that really yeah. and truly like, and and it's which is amazing because there's so much guys, nine well, guys. Well, the way they yes designed the group is they were they were solo artists that formed a super group. Mm, so yeah. it was kind of like it was supposed to be like that. True, but. I guess, sir. But but they made it work. But don't get fooled. They couldn't yeah, they were fighting. They were fighting. They I I tried to book them for a concert, and uh-huh. and it was hard. Like the 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 agent that was working on it, it was hard putting them together. Like mm-hmm. the, he was yeah. like, certain guys ain't gonna come on a tour bus with certain guys. It was like that. It, yeah, like, around it around the happy. second album, they just got it turned into a mess. Yeah, it was a mess, man. Yeah, they were true. like. So such and such does not doesn't f with such and such. You can't put them in the same in the same area. I was just like, are you serious? You know, it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, right. But it, but I'm saying it still worked because a lot of them got to put out you know albums. They were successful on their own. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're not going to see the group come together the same way. And I mean that documentary they did a few years ago was was dope. But like, or a couple yeah. years ago was dope. But like, it's it's the same thing. Like I think Dave. They kind of held on the longest, you know what I mean? Or at least they all made money. They did the tours. They still, yeah. you know what I mean? They still kind of mess with each other to this day. You know, you got and Master Killer put out albums, right? That's the world we live in. Yeah, <laughs> these guys put out albums. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's excited for Method Man and the Ghostface and Rayquan. Everybody on the group put an album out. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Nobody who didn't have an album. Yeah, so Inspector the, so, Deck had albums. Everybody did. Everybody did. So that, some that, should, some shouldn't have. Yeah, we won't get into names, <laughs> you know. But but God bless their heart. Uh, yeah. Now we can't at them at, at, at the podcast. <laughs> Chris. Thanks, Chris. Again. You can't invite DJs on here, man. We got opinions about this stuff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, like I said earlier, that's the price you pay for if you want it authentic. If you want it authentic, you know. Hey, Tio, Tio, we always have a saying. Me and Calvin used to say, like, mm-hmm. yo, we could have the perfect, um, like, podcast or the perfect TV show. The problem is, mm-hmm. we'd have to have twenty-four hour security walking with us. <laughs> yeah, yo, I, I'm the same way, man. I talk reckless about certain things. <laughs> Just like you got, you got to say the truth, man. This is this is the truth. No, yeah, everybody's yeah. feeling it. <laughs> but but could to we... a certain degree, to a certain yeah, degree. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hold back at times because you know what I mean. I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to be able to go to certain countries and, <laughs> and get it, get backstage. You know what I mean? Without <laughs> getting your head bust open. You know. <laughs> but you know what? Just a couple of topics before we go, though. But like again, mm-hmm. can we revisit the fact that again the Fuji's leaving? The amount of millions on the table. Oh my god! Like how how much how much did you estimate? Would you say that they lot like they they left on the table? Do you want to say like maybe fifty sixty million each, or am I lowballing it here? No, because the other thing too is that 
they were talented, so they're capable of making another score. Right. It wasn't like they were like they got that one hit wonder and they got lucky. They could make another score because Wyclef's Carnival was a good album. Very good you album. Know, Miss Education and Lauryn Hill is a good album. Even Proz's album was decent. He had yeah. good beats on there. So they yeah, were physically. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he had some songs on there. I'll say that. But like, they're capable of making more. You know, like yeah. it, it wasn't like just they got lucky and it's a certain time. Because Jerry Wonder, he was a dope producer. Yeah, he was. Salam and Remy they, they, and them and stuff. Yeah, Salam yeah. Remy. They're around talent and they're all in their prime. So I think they definitely could have made another score. And so, like, from the tours alone, millions of dollars mm-hmm. on the table. Yeah. And Grammys you know and awards and everything else. You know what also I always felt too, Tia? I always felt like mm-hmm. um, if they had stuck together, they would have found some way, I have a feeling, to bring out the, the, the Caribbean culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was there. It was, yeah, it was, they would have, they'd have done right something to bring out the... Like, the, how everybody's into, like, Afrobeats now. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah, like yeah. they would have come up with something a whole new direction that would have uplift the Caribbean culture. Yeah. That's a good point. That yeah. would have happened, that, you know? like the Afro beat maybe, yeah, or something similar to that would have happened like 20-something years something. before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always felt that. I always felt that. Like, like if they had stuck together, we would have had something that would have come up that would have basically benefited um, the Caribbean. I just always had that feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were so creative, we have no idea what direction they would have they would have gone to that would have completely bring in a whole new genre. I agree. I agree with that. The shame, man. Yeah, yeah. They they it's, left. It's shame. They left millions of dollars on the. I don't it, think like I, I I like I think even making it sixty million each is probably too low. Like can considering. You think about the, they were going to do Michael Jackson level tours based on that album. Yeah. And they couldn't benefit from it. But I, that has to stick, like, you know, for White Clef and these guys, it has to bother them in particular. Oh, it, has yeah. to. You know, it has to. I know they're happy to do soul stuff, but you, it, they have to think about if the three of us were on stage after this album, what we could have done. Because they, yeah, but they heard, never but got to go tried. on tour for this thing. But he tried, right? Like he tried. Yeah, yeah, he was trying. He tried to put it back together, but I think she was just too far gone. It was over. Yeah, it was, it was kind of too late, and this, the feeling wasn't there, and it, the time passed. It was a lot of stuff, but... Yeah, and it's, and, it, and it's a shame because, you know, you're, you're mentioning the uh, the Carnival. Like, his album, mm-hmm. that album was dope, man. Like It was a good album. It was album. a dope-ass album, man. <laughs> Like yeah. that's a that's a forgotten album. That album was dope. Like that album was sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we know what the the miseducation was. But even during that, like even probably before miseducation, like even with the carnival and you know mm-hmm. a, a song that I to this day cherish to this day, um, because of the soundtrack, uh, the mm-hmm. sweetest thing with uh, Lauren Hill on um yeah, on the yeah, yeah. Soundtrack. oh my god that was fire. It's, a, it's 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 an absolute monster to this day. Like we, we don't even have to get into the details of it. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't know, if people people listening, if you don't know the song, it, the shame on you. But just go hit it on Spotify, or Apple Music. It's yeah. like it's it's a monster. <laughs> but I mean, but even the video, like you you're seeing like you know Wyclef in the video and stuff, and mm-hmm. so it was like you could see like okay, because I thought like yeah at that point it was gonna be like a Wu Tang thing, right? They're just gonna mm-hmm. separate, do their little stuff, and then come back. Yeah, like, then come back, and, come back. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then yeah, still yeah. make the monster. Like, again, 
even if they <laughs> even if they like didn't hit the you know like the sales that like they made off the mm-hmm. score like even if they got they they lost 50% of the sales that's still 10 million albums what yeah. record labels not taking 10 million albums from a, from, from one sale like even 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 if you went from 20 to 10 you're still laughing Man, yeah. what does that feel like? Can you imagine what that feels like, man? Jeez, 20 albums, man. Like 20 mil. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's bothering your soul. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's upsetting, man. But, that's, but, but like I said earlier, that's the energy I always get when I, when I think of the Fugees or when I'm going to like, buy records and I pull, out, I pull out that album. I, I always get a feeling like, oh, God. And I just, you know, tuck it back in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sad, uh. but, you know, it, it almost fe- it feels like, like when you look at, like, a Vince Carter. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what I feel like when I look oh, at a Vince Carter. don't get Carter. me started I, on that guy. It's a bastard. No, but, <laughs> but, you, but you, just, you just see what could have been, and mm-hmm. you'll never see what it should have been. And that always leaves, leaves a taste in your mouth where it's like, ah, oh, God. Yeah. You know? Yeah, true. Yeah. And I think that's what it is, right? You're you're mad at the potential that that wasn't hit. So it's like even if they they reach success and they reach the status, you always feel like there was another level that this person or oh, this group could have got to. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's they they definitely had had like so much to do. We just all we have to do is just like I said, just live off what we have and just enjoy that, you know. Because I'm not sure if we're gonna ever see that again, just because of where the industry is. Yeah, I, you don't know, think we are. I don't know if we'll ever see that again, man. I don't think we are. I, yeah. I, I don't think we are. I no. think that's that those days are gone. And especially too, because how many groups are really out now? You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. like in this day and age where, where like how music is selling, like it, you know, like you can you even sell t- two million albums as opposed to like twenty now? Like and now you yeah. have to split that three, four ways? Like it's yeah. it's almost better you just do it on your own. You know, yeah. get your boy to come on here and there and then that's it. You know, you do the one of those like you know one-off like collaboration albums where like you know like you, the, the the three of us get together and do this one project and then that's it and then we go back to doing our solo stuff again. It's like that's that's kind of where it's at now. Well, and in the world of MP3, like people don't take time to really absorb music anymore because so much yeah. is coming at them. That's true too. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You can't enjoy it, so it's just like it it, it passes by you over your head or around you but you're not really yeah. like you'll you, you used to buy your, your tape or your cd or your album and sit down with him some headphones on and mm-hmm. just that's the that's what i'm doing for the next hour and 20 minutes i'm gonna listen to this album entirety you know yeah. i want to get my money's worth so i gotta I got listen to this thing yeah yeah i i don't like today when i listen to music i'm like i'm i'm on my way to do something it's like in the background but it's not what i'm focused on no you're right well well i remember back in the days when we used to get um records like i would get promo like Mm -hmm. sent to me from new york like from the states Mm -hmm. and i knew guys who would get them sent also you know some names i won't mention but they know who i'm talking about Uh, (laughs) they would get their records sent to them they wouldn't listen to a lot of it so yeah. they would listen to like fifty percent of it, and I'd be like, "Yo, what's wrong with you, man? Like, how are you? Why? Why would you listen to? Why would you not listen to like to the tracks that's being sent to you? You know, as a DJ, to me, that's something you should do, especially if it's promo and and yeah. it's being sent to you. You know, I can't lie. 
Like in the the world of MP3, I became that DJ. Yeah, it's so easy. I became. To do. I listen. I listen to like, honestly, like maybe I want to say twenty five percent of the music mm-hmm. that's sent to me because I always say, you do not have enough time on this planet to go through all the MP3s that come to your mailbox, like mm-hmm. your email anymore. You cannot. It, I I can't. I don't know. I don't know how you sit down and listen to all these things and then. Like go through the trash to the keepers, yeah. You know what I mean. So, yeah, so yeah. all of a sudden, now you find yourself becoming a DJ that that you find all the songs are hit, and now you're getting that. And a smaller percentage of you now is picking hits. I used to love the people not tell me which mm. song hot, and I get it, I play it, and I go, "This is trash." Oh, I like this, and then it blows up like two months later, and you could say, "Well, I was playing it before it blew up." Mm-hmm. As in the world of MP3, now you're becoming that DJ that's not finding hits. You know what I mean? Because you, yeah. you you just don't have time to go through all that music. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's a lot of work. People don't appreciate it. They, they just know it gets done. You gotta yeah. listen to a lot of music and different genres, a lot of music. and you gotta be on top of a lot of stuff. Yep. yep. I, I totally People agree. take that for granted. Mm-hmm. They really do because it's, so, it's so easy and accessible, right? Yeah. The first time the MP3 came out, um, World came out, I remember, you know, um, shout out to, to Tyrone Boogeyman. I remember right before I got Serato, Tyrone said, you're going to have to do your homework. Like sometimes you're just going to have to sit there. I call it the red eye. Like every DJ has to go through the red eye. That's where you, you start putting your, your folders together and sometimes an hour becomes three becomes four next thing you know you're up with like three four in the morning your eyes are burning you're like okay what happened here how am i still up doing this mm-hmm. you know you go through so much music and then when you play at parties and stuff or, or, or spin on the radio or whatever people are like how oh, you don't have this and I, like yelling at djs yeah, yeah. yeah. oh my goodness <laughs> they have no clue the shit djs are going to to keep you happy you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. it's work it's so much music and you have to go through and decipher like what's what's trash and what's not. It's so much work, man. So going back to somebody like the Fuji's, I I hope I'm wrong. I don't think we're gonna see that ever again because who has time to really absorb that kind of quality? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And for it to blow up to blow up to the way that it did. You throw that in and, and as Keo mentioned before, you throw the social media aspect of it. Yeah, I, I can guarantee I can guarantee you it's never happening again. I can I can almost guarantee it's hard. that. It is hard for it to happen. Yeah. So the, too much going on. So to wrap up, what's your lasting impressions on um on just an album like this in a in a sense? I mean, I still listen to this album. Like I there's certain albums from the 90s like uh, Biggie and Nas and stuff. Yeah. And this is one of those th- albums in my rotation that you know like it's, I'm just in a, when I'm driving, I'm just in a mood. Like I I I feel like hearing some stuff and you know, this is one of those this albums that stand the test of time. Like I used to talk to my dad about this stuff, and you know, he he looks at the the songs from like the '60s and the '70s. He loves that stuff, right? And he couldn't get into anything new outside of Michael Jackson. He yeah. couldn't get into anything new. And you know, like for me, I I'm at that age point where I'm like, I can't get anything anything new. But this stuff here, this is the good stuff. Yeah. You know, and that that's where I'm at with it. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy that we've turned into the generation of our parents. And, <laughs> you know, we look yeah. at music the way they looked at music. 
it's different because you know when we're at that age they're like oh this is not music this is this is trash but you know for us we transferred into them when it comes to our taste and you know that the cultural stuff and just our energy it, it, it we become what they have become and this is a prime example of one of these albums where you know i don't think people well i can't say people can't relate to it but you know, it's kind of the thing that you just had to be there. You can't explain mm-hmm. to a bunch of people what Killing Me Softly was like at a party. Yeah. Like, you just can't, you can't explain it. Like, it's yeah. just mm-hmm. the, a thing that a song, didn't matter how bad a DJ you were, you played this song, it would fix a good chunk of your night. Yeah. Like, people were like, you know what? All right. We'll give him a chance. He'll figure things out. Like, eventually, he'll get, he'll get there. Like, this song changed parties. Like dance floor, yeah. it moved people from. I don't listen to rap music, but I like these Fuji's people. I like I like Lauren, and like it bridged all of these gaps and stuff like that, and it, it changed, you know, how people are looking at this stuff, and it kind of fell off a cliff a little bit after. But yeah, you know, like I, I looked at it. This is our generation for this stuff. That's kind of how I look at it right now. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. like a time no, I, capsule. I, I agree. Yeah, I be. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't play the album. Mm-hmm. But I, but I'll still play certain tracks like on the album, and it's funny. Killing me softly is is a track that I, I play that song maybe once every like two years, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons I do that is I feel like it got played so much, and I was I was forced to play. It. I shouldn't say forced, <laughs> but I played it. I played it so often that yeah. I don't want it to become one of those records that I can't stand. So yeah, because yeah, of yeah. that, I try to don't play it. I don't. I try to don't play it often. Yeah. If you hear me play "Killing Me Softly," there's a good chance you will never hear me play it again for like at least another year. You know, at least like eight months. And it's because I don't want that song to mm-hmm. to have me like where I hear it and I'm like, oh god. Like to this day, when I hear songs like you know, like Just Got Paid, oh my god. Friday Night, I probably yeah, yeah. dies inside. Of <laughs> 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 oh man. <laughs> you know. I just yeah, want that to become killing me softly. So because of that, I kind of mm-hmm. keep it to myself. You know, I kind of hold on to it because I don't want to lose that feeling when I hear it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah. but yeah, that that so the album I don't play often, but that album to me will always be a bittersweet because mm-hmm. I definitely have it on the mountaintop, but I just feel like it it should have been on the moon, and it just never yeah. got to the moon because egos. Um, certain things like like made them go left field. Some of it was self and you know self inflicted, and we'll never see what this what this group could have been. So you know that that's what this album is to me. It's a, it's a, it has two it plays two parts two parts with me. Yeah, I think um, I guess to kind of echo what you're saying though, it's um, for the both of you, it's. It it is it is it is a little bit of a sad situation as well when you watch it as, as much as we celebrate the album, because you know the touch of what you're saying earlier, Kyo, they have the potential to be you too. Yeah, you know easily like like that's a group that should have been doing stadiums like Wembley Stadium. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. no no clubs, no arenas. Like that's they should have just been like, don't call me unless we're packing like. A seventy thousand, a seventy thousand seat stadium. Like if I don't hear that, I don't, I'm not interested. Like that should have been their level. Like that's a group that should have been, 
they should have been as much as a flag bearer for Haiti in the way that Bob Marley is for, for Jamaica. Yeah. And where they could have been yeah. making waves in that country that could have benefited in terms of like who, like humanitarianism and philanthropy and I'm, and I don't know if Wyclef and Prize do that now and if they do or if he, or if Wyclef does it's incredible but it Wyclef have been, was doing it he was. I don't know if he's still doing yeah, it but he was know, yeah yeah but I, but I'm saying it should have been like it could have been five times bigger yeah yeah you know sure. like like yeah. to me like you know again they sold six million albums in the in the states alone and they sold 23 million worldwide like it's okay. it's it's one of the great <laughs> it's one of the greatest albums in music history and yet i have to ask again how did they only make one with everything that we just talked about all yeah. the egos all the infighting everything that happened self-infliction all that stuff how do they still not go back and make another one mm-hmm. like that? That to me, like, that's like the question that just like, I, I can't answer that question. Like, even well, that's with all that being said, well, sorry. Yeah, but that's how, that's how heavy it was. man. It was so heavy. Like we couldn't even go back in the studio together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, think about, yeah. think about that, man. How heavy, how heavy that shit has to be that we couldn't even go in a studio together for a couple of weeks, maybe. Damn, that that says a lot. Right or, or to do a tribe did where they it's, I'll mail you the, the the tapes and you go do it on your own. Yeah, <laughs> right. I couldn't even do that. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's tough, man. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought I'd be a part of a podcast with <laughs> with, with with like uh with like the Fujis, and I'm actually. Coming out of it feeling somewhat down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're coming out of it with like a heavy heart. What the hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, you know, it, it is what it is. <clears throat> yeah. It is what yeah. it is, unfortunately. But, you, but you, you know, you feel that way just because you know the monster that it was and, and what it mm-hmm. could have done. So, you know, yeah. it, you, you feel the sadness, like, hey, you know, but. You just have to enjoy what 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 we got, you know. What yeah. I mean? yeah, no, agreed. Um, I guess on that note, fellas, I mean, we'll try to keep it upbeat for this, but uh, but thank you for having us on the podcast. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for hopping on this on the spot to have this topic. Like, it's funny because. You know, usually when I do this, it's it. This is probably the longest one I've done in terms of like you know mm-hmm. like um album review. But just yeah, looking I mean, at the album and understanding the history, I'm like, there's no way I can do this in an hour. This is no way. Yeah. There's there's just way yeah. too much to talk about to do this in an hour. When you told me about it, I was like, oh, it's gonna be a couple hours easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm blowing this one out because I'm like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, there's no way I can talk about this in like 50 minutes or an hour. It just it just can't mm-hmm. happen. Like it's there's just too much to that story. And again, it, it all to me, it all comes back to like, yo, how did they only make one? Like they only made one. Like this doesn't make it. I, the whole thing, their whole concept of how they, they, they were created their success. And I guess the fact that they only came with one album, I guess it actually makes sense <laughs> because yeah. everything about them was unorthodox. So the fact that they only made one album, I'm like, yeah, you know what? In a weird way, this actually makes sense. Go out on top, all of them. They went out on top. Yeah, it just, it just, yeah. it, it all makes sense, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. but it's crazy though. But no, nah, but brothers, thank you once again though for hopping on though. Like honestly, yeah, this, this was a lot of fun. No, no problem. Yeah, man. No problem. It.
Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Half Podcast. Special shout out goes out to DJ Chris Nice and DJ Keo for hopping on to discuss the anniversary episode of The Score, the legendary Fuji's album. Thank you for joining me and diving into this topic. Uh, once again, for you listeners, listen, rate, review, and subscribe to all of the shows on South Sharav wherever you listen to your podcasts. Keep note that a new episode of My Story, a podcast series that follows people on their journey towards achieving their dreams, that's going to be out on February the 26th. Uh, that's the last Friday of this month. We're going to be following up on the journey of Zaria Santiago, uh, the track star at University of Maryland who's had quite an experience being a student athlete during this COVID era. Uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. File that one. Once again, that's going to be out on February the 26th. And on Family Day, February the 15th, on my South Sharav YouTube channel, a new episode of The Stoop will be out. Fashion bloggers and sisters Gail and Leslie Thompson of The Long and Short of Style joined me as they shared their story on their path into the fashion life. So make sure you like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Type in South Sharav and you'll find me. And to check out my catalog of past shows and past episodes, check out SouthShareAve.com. Once again, that's SouthShareAve.com to filter through. For DJ Chris Nice and DJ Keo, this is Cal C. And you just tuned in to the Av Podcast on South Shore Ave Radio. Until next time, folks, peace. We out. Anybody living in Ontario listening to this, have a happy long weekend.